0: Well, good to see you this morning. Wasn't that great worship? Man, I just enjoyed that worship. Wow, thank you. <clears throat> worship team, amazing. We've got an incredible church, incredible group of people that come here every Sunday morning, 6.30, are here with bright, shiny faces and setting up everything. I just so appreciate everybody's help in making the church be the church the way it is. Man, listen, um, want you make sure that you get your your little brochure. Did you look at your little brochure, a little vision? Report here. Did everybody get that? Did you see that? Now, that cool. Just want to let you know what's going on, what's been happening, what's what's going down in our community, and most importantly, or more specifically, our church. And I've uh, met some incredible things going on, and uh, got Miss Jan Hicks all over this thing right here. Man, she you're the movie star, I guess, of the house. And uh, just love it, all these metrics, you know. Some people say, well, numbers aren't important. Well, if that's so true, why is there a book in the Bible named it, you know, in the book of numbers? So I think numbers are important. It's important that we know where we've been and where we're heading. And, and uh, so th- please take a glance at this. Um, what I really, One of the things I loved about this was the very back page, uh, the three-year building camp pledge campaign. Man, we are, we are, y'all are hitting it and making it happen. And, and um, we have we really moving down the road with the... Uh, with that, and we thank you for that so much, um, because um, we'll talk about that more in a minute, but but just, just want to we'll take that home and just give it to somebody. If people say, man, I don't know where God's at and what's going on, where's God and all this, just pull out your little uh, vision brochure and say, well, things are happening maybe that you don't know about. But Hey, this morning I just want to talk to you about some few things. It's Vision Sunday. Excited about Vision Sunday, one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about vision in a minute. Before I do, a little boy, five-year-old boy and three-year-old boy, they were at home and Mama was making some pancakes and and she got the first one. You know, it takes a little time to make the pancake. She made the first one and putting it on the table, and they start the two little kids start arguing about the pancake. Who gets the pancake? She goes, Wait, wait, wait a second. W W J D. Right? What would Jesus do here? And Jesus, if Jesus were here right now, he would say. Brother, you can have the pancake. And so the five-year-old, without missing a beat, turned to the three-year-old and said, Joey, you be Jesus and give me that pancake. Come on. I, I'll, I'll just fix that right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, have you, been, have you ever been lost? Ever been turned around, disoriented? Any, anybody in the house? Come on now. Be honest. Come on, you, you, you know you couldn't find it. Amen. And uh, you went around in circles. Didn't want to admit that you were lost. That would be ter- terrible. But uh, but uh, but you were lost, disoriented, turned around, couldn't figure out where you were. And I think a lot of people uh, in in life are like that as well, just kind of drifting, uh, without purpose, without passion, without any kind of a sense of destiny in their life. I know I was that way when I was 19 years old and. I was, came to this point in this realization that I didn't even know why I was here. I like what Mark Twain said. He said the best are the two best days of a person's life are the day he was born and the day he figures out why. <laughs> and I didn't know why I was born. I couldn't figure it out. I, didn't, I, I was feeling the pressure to figure it out. And um, I decided to cry out to the Lord in desperation. And I began to fast and I began to pray and the Lord showed grace upon me and literally specifically told me that I, was, that I was called to do what I'm doing right now. I look back at that, it was a life-changing moment in my life. Probably even, I'm just as great, I mean, not quite as great, but just getting saved was an incredible uh, moment. Getting married was an incredible moment, but having kids is an incredible moment, but knowing why you're on this earth is one of the top moments of your life knowing that you're right in step with where he wants you to be. William Wilberforce, you may have heard about this guy, but he lived back in the days when slavery was all throughout the world, predominantly through the British Empire. William Wilberforce was just a young man, and he decided he didn't know, he was very wealthy and came from a well-meaning family, and he didn't know what he was going to do. And he just was looking for challenges. He said, I'm just going to run for parliament. Not because he really wanted to do anything, but just because it was a challenge, and he wanted to see if he could win. And he ran for parliament as a young little early 20s guy and and won. And and then he was like, okay, well, that's accomplished, but I don't even want to really be in parliament. What am I even doing? I just did it because it was a challenge. And he was at a party one night, and he was listening to a young man, a certain person talk to him as they were at this party. And this person began to describe to him the atrocities of slavery, began to describe to him what slavery really looked like, something he had not pondered. And suddenly it dawned on him that I now have a purpose. And he told his best friend that night as they were leaving the party He said, I for the first time have purpose in my life. And I will do everything in my power to rid the British Empire of slavery. Every ounce of my body, every muscle I have, every thought I have will go to one thing and that will be rid this empire of slavery. And he began to do that. Through his 20s, through his 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s until literally literally, few days before he would finally die, Parliament made a vote and they literally banned slavery from the entire British Empire a few days before he died. How many know that life is meant to be lived with purpose? Somebody say amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need a little purpose in your life. Come on. <laughs> Proverbs 29, verse 18, we'll be talking about that this morning. You've heard this before, I'm sure. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, what law? The law of the vision. The law of the vision. We, every vision has laws, it has boundaries. it has things that you gotta, you got you to gotta, uh, adhere to in order to fulfill that vision. He that keepeth the law or the law of the vision, happy is he? Somebody say, "I'm happy. Come on. Now tell your face, I'm happy. Come on. somebody you're like, "I'm happy." I'm really happy. Happy is he. Look at this, um, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen In the Message Bible, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. How many people you know are stumbling all over themselves? But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Happy people. People who have a vision and are seeing it come to pass. Happy people. People that have a vision and are seeing it come to pass. That's a happy person. You just can't help but be happy. Remember when you were a little kid and you just wanted something for your birthday or for Christmas bad, and you begged your parents, please, I promise you, I'll never disobey you the rest of my life if you just give me a sled, or not down here, or uh, um, give me a car, or come on, give me a, a phone. You know, right? Oh, happy they will be. And that's what happens when, you, when your vision comes to pass. You become happy. You become excited. You, be, you, 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 you live excited. You, you, you're thankful that you're walking right in the lockstep purposes and the plan that God ordained for you to live. That's happiness. Man, Christians should be the most happy people in the world. Why? Because, we, number one, we have vision. Number two, we're walking in the vision. Oh, man. Vision. You got to have vision In your life. About 350 years ago, a shipload of people landed in the northeast coast of America. And the first year, they established a town. The second year, they established a government for the town. In the third year, the town government planned to build a road five miles west into the wilderness. The fourth year, the people tried to impeach their town government. Because they said, "We have no need for a road to go five miles into the wilderness. You are leading us astray." And they tried to impeach their government. It's amazing, isn't it that a group of people, shipload of people, would travel 3,000 miles across the ocean? Because they had vision to see something and experience something and walk in something that they could never see with their own eyes at the moment. And then they land in America. And in a short period of few years, suddenly don't even have enough vision to build a road five miles into the wilderness. Well, don't shout me down now. (laughs) Come on. Isn't it something that sometimes we can have great vision and then somehow we lost the vision? That that we used to wake up excited about life and what the life would hold us and and what's going to happen today and next week, and we got plans for that and this and that. And and then a few years later, after several disappointments, uh, we have no vision. And we get mad at anybody around us who talks like they do have vision. Come on. We don't have vision, and we don't want you to have vision. The point is that without vision, we rarely move beyond our boundaries. Without vision, we just stay where we're at. So today, <laughs> don't you fall asleep on me. <laughs> because I'm going to call you out. Because <laughs> I got vision. We need vision. It's, it's, it's important for our life. Helen Keller was asked, what could be worse, my dear, than being blind? And she said, having sight without vision. So what is vision? Since this is Vision Sunday, maybe it's a good question to ask. What is vision? It's something that will always ask more of you than you can give, at the moment anyway. Vision is something which produces such deep conviction within you that you're convinced it has to be accomplished. Something inside of you is like, we have got to do something about this. This has got to change. This has got to move. This has got to be re-erased. Something's got to happen because I'm seeing something in the future. Look at this. It's an idea That propels me out of the passive and into action. Vision is something that is a picture in my mind of the way things could possibly be in the future. It's you, sir, walking out into the woods and explaining to your wife, we could buy this lot and we can build a house right there. And she looks and she goes, there's nothing but woods. And you go, no, no, there's a house. There's no house, there's woods. Come on, some, you don't talk, how many don't talk? I'm talking? Yeah. You, you, some people can just see things and other people just can't. Some people have vision, other people don't. Sometimes you have to help people get vision. Some people, sometimes you have to help people gently say, hey, well, let's just look at them, for close your eyes. Imagine this, a white picket fence, a beautiful green lawn on the other side, a little sidewalk walking up to the front porch a little wrap-around porch, ranch-style, perhaps, a little detached garage to the side. And suddenly she's, she's, "Ah, ah, I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it. Yeah, what's happening? She's getting vision. Come on. Sometimes you just got to paint the picture. Another definition of vision is looking at life from God's perspective. Isn't that what Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says? It says this. It says, set your mind on things above. Not on things beneath, not on things below, not on earthly things. Set our vision, set our eyes, be looking at life the way God sees. It. Isn't that what Jesus says? He says, when you pray, pray thy kingdom come on earth as, as I'm seeing it in heaven. That's what he's basically saying. I'm, I'm seeing something in the heavenly dimension, and now I see that it can happen in this earth. Oh, man. It's called Vision. It's not always easy. Vision, let me just say, vision. If you, if you have vision and you begin to take a step towards that vision, it's going to have challenges and have difficulties. And there will be even moments where you go, this is going to be absolutely impossible. That's usually a good place to be. That's where God, wants, that's where God steps in. This is a page taken from John Wesley's diary. John Wesley, one of the greatest revivalists. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist denomination. The Methodist denomination now probably does not look like he started it, but he was an incredible, incredible man. It's very, very um, important uh, belief to him was discipleship and raising up disciples and Sunday school, that kind of stuff. And John Wesley was an evangelist. He was just, he just loved Jesus and he loved people. And he wanted to see people know Jesus as well. This is a page taken from his diary. Sunday morning, May 5th, priest in St. Anne's Church was asked not to come back. (laughs) Sunday p.m., May 5th, I preached at St. John's. The deacon said, get out and stay out. Next week, May 12th, Sunday, in the morning, I preached at St. Jude's Church, and I can't go back there either. That same night, Sunday p.m., May 12th, I preached at St. George's Church and was kicked out again. The following week, Sunday a.m., May 19th, I preached at St. Somebody's Church, he said. (laughs) I don't remember the name of it. And the deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. That same night, Sunday p.m., May 19th, I preached out on the street. I I got kicked off the street. Sunday a.m., May 26th, the following week, I preached in a pasture, and someone let loose the bull, and he was turned loose and ruined the service and chased us all out of the pasture. Sunday a.m., June 2nd, I preached at the edge of town and got kicked off the highway. Same night, Sunday p.m., June 2nd, in the afternoon, I preached in another pasture, and 10,000 people came to hear me. See, vision will always be tested. And sometimes you feel like your vision is dying. Slowly, 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 slowly dying. But when you have vision, even though you feel like you're dying, it comes and breathes fresh life inside of you. And it gives you purpose. And it gives you strength. And it gives you joy. Paul was stoned. And they thought he was dead. They drug him outside the city, thought he was dead, was left for dead. When, you, when someone is not heart is not beating, they're dead. So they thought he was dead. So obviously his heart was not beating. They left him just to rot on the, uh, outside of town. And something inside of him said, I got work to do. And that heart started beating. He jumped up and started walking out to a next town. I'm preaching again. This is your Paul in your Bible I'm talking about. Then then he was beaten, and then he was put in prison with his back looking like a raw piece of meat, and he said, I got to sing a song, and he began to sing a song, and the prison doors opened, he said, I still got work to do, and then he was shipwrecked, and he's clinging to a board as he's floating on the ocean into an island, and he says, I still got to fulfill my vision. I got things to do. He went to pick up some wood to make a fire, and a venomous snake grabbed a hold of his He shook it off and he goes, Hey, hey, I still got work to do. I got a vision. There's things in my life I, I got to fulfill. I'm not done yet. Vision propels you forward. Don't let people steal your vision. If you're around people with little vision, get away from them. You're allergic to them. You're probably wondering why you're scratching, breaking out in a cold sweat. What's going on? It's that person that you're hanging out with that has no vision, can't see five miles into the wilderness. All they want to do is live for the moment, live for the next party this weekend, live for the next party to the following weekend. That's all the vision they have. Sweetheart, run, run, and run. Amen. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that reigns throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. Let me give you a background on that passage of scripture, powerful scripture. God has spoken a word to Zechariah, the prophet. He was a contemporary of Haggai. And they were prophesying during the return of exiles of some of the Israelites. So what had happened was that 70 years earlier, Babylon had come in and had destroyed totally Israel and its cities and more specifically Jerusalem. The walls of Jerusalem had been torn down. The temple had been torn down they had totally ripped it apart to shreds. There was nothing left but rubble. Just imagine just a, a, an atomic bomb had been dropped on Jerusalem. It was just nothing but a little rise on a hill with a bunch of blocks and stones sitting on the ground. And it was about that time, that the Persians took over Babylon and King Cyrus called Zerubbabel to him and said, Zerubbabel, I want you to go and take 50,000 people and I want you to go back and restore the walls and, and, of that city and the temple of that city. I want you to go back and I want you to, that's a great city, it's an important city and, and we need to rebuild that city. And so Zerubbabel comes with 50,000 people, and they begin to work and begin to restore the wall and build back this great, huge wall surrounding Jerusalem. And then they begin to work on the temple. And soon after they began to work on the temple, some other people wanted to join them. And Zerubbabel said, no, this isn't your time. This isn't your position. And so they said, well, we want to. We're going to do it, and we're going to help anyway. And they petitioned the king. And the king said, listen, why don't you all just stop working on that thing? And since there's so much grief going on, you can't get together. You know, there's no unity in the city. Just forget the temple for right now. And so for 16 years, Zerubbabel walked around this city that God called him back to, seeing the temple had not been restored. He sees the broken stones still there. He sees the half-built temple is just not completed. He sees uh, Summit so Church on County Road 12. Come on, somebody. He see, I feel like Zerubbabel sometimes. I'm like, come on, Jesus, hurry up. And and, and is begin he's for 16 years, he sees the possibility of the glory of God filling this temple, this building, but yet he's frustrated. Something inside of him is dying. He has a dream, but it's unfulfilled. He has goals, but they're unaccomplished. Uh, he has works to do, but it's unfinished. Uh, he has desires, but they're frustrated. What do you do when you have vision and you can't seem to get it to go? What do you do? do when you have vision, but somehow it seems to be dying right in front of you. What do you do? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) Number one, how do you revive a dying vision? Number one, you remember where the vision came from. You You didn't work that thing up. You didn't conjure up this vision. God gave you that vision. It came from the Lord. He put it in your heart. The prophet uh, Zechariah and Haggai would come and they would begin to speak and confirm to Zerubbabel, this is the hand of God. This is the work of God. This is God did this. God put you in this position. This is the vision from the Lord. And, and guess what? When you know and remember that this dream, this vision that you have, this passion that lives down deep inside of you was birthed by God, then guess what? Nothing's going to steal it. It can't, it can't be stolen from you. Things are going to turn around. The Holy Spirit's going to start working and things are going to begin to take place. Why? Because Zechariah says, chapter four, verse six, he says, it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power, but it's going to be by my spirit it's removable. that's how it's going to happen i'm going to step into this thing and i'm going to cause this thing to come out of the dust oh you got to remember god put this thing to place and number two you got to realize that god's in control it's not your vision it's his vision and god's in control of this vision some of us coming through this last election of our nation and things like that you've been like what in the world And what's going to happen even to our country? Can I just say and remind you that God is still in control. Always has been. Always will be. You can put a dog in the White House. You can put a dog in Congress. You can put a cat in the House of Representatives. You can put all that. But let me tell you something. God birthed this country, and God's going to see it through. God's going to see it through. And Satan wants everything to look like a mountain, doesn't he? Now I know some of you, I've talked to you. Some of you, I could just hear it in your voice. I could hear it in your words. Last several weeks, you feel like, like a mountain's been pushed on your head. And in hopelessness and despair it has been knocking on your door. Didn't think God didn't hear your prayers. God, where's God? What's going on? I fasted, I prayed, I'm seeking the Lord. Things are going bad. Let me remind you again. Failures will turn into mountains over time and it will look to you like a mountain you can't climb. It will look to you like a mountain that will never be removed. It will look to you like an obstacle that can never be dismantled. This mountain will keep you dis- depressed. This mountain will keep you frustrated. It'll keep you, uh, it will stand there and mock you when you get up in the morning. You'll turn on the news and there'll be a big mountain coming through the television set. It'll <clears throat> be- begin to weigh on you. But here's the deal. The good news is the mountains can be removed. Amen. Mountains can fall. Mountains can be re- eliminated. The, J- Jesus makes it clear to us. He says, he says Listen, you, you can pray, and, and this mountain can't move. Yeah, right. For years, Zerubbabel walked around Jerusalem, and all, what he saw was a mountain a mountain of debris, a mountain of stones that had been cut but were not in place. A mountain of cedar timbers that have been cut down and hauled to this futuristic site of the renewed temple, and they're just laying there in the dust. Kids are making a playground and a, you know a little playground out of the whole thing. He sees dogs running around what would be supposed to be the place where God's glory resided. He sees dogs barking inside what would be called the Holy of Holies one day. He sees this, and to him, it's just a mountain, a mountain of failure, a mountain of depression, a mountain of discouragement. But here's number three. You have to learn as a visionary to shout grace to the mountain. You have a weapon, and it's called the grace of God. What is God's grace? It's called the favor of God. You have the favor of God. Oh, I wish you could hear this this morning. Every single one of you that calls yourself a born-again, Bible-thumping believer of Jesus Christ has a word on your forehead, and it's called the favor of God. It's the favor of God. Build your mountain, build your Tower of Babel, build it as high as you want. I don't care, you can build it so high that an airplane can't get to the other side. Build it, but my Bible says that I got favor and if I can just shout uh, to that mountain, grace, grace, that thing's gotta go. Come on, somebody. It's gotta go, it's got to go. Zechariah says, chapter four, verse seven, who are you, O great mountain? Who are you? Oh, great mountain. I can see him. He's walking around. He sees the timbers, the rubble. The, the who, who who are you? Oh, great mountain. Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. What's a capstone? It's the last stone. The capstone is when you're making a building or some kind of a facility. It's the last nail. It's the last piece of wood. It's the last Stone in those days. It's it's the it's the celebratory stone where where the, the 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 dignitary, the the governor, the the priest, the the mayor brings this stone. And everything's all done. It's already built, and he just comes and, and he puts the last stone right in its place. And now it's a complete picture. What they once saw was a mountain. Is no longer a mountain. It's a beautiful temple constructed by the will and the power of the holy. Spirit, and it says, goes on to say, he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. It is the grace of God. It's the favor of God upon your life that will cause the mountain to leave and the capstone to come, and your vision may complete. Come on, somebody. Give him some praise. Vision is the power of anticipating that which is to come. It's the foresight to seeing something. Listen, when I drive by 12 and I look over to my left and I look at that gray and dark gray building, y'all don't know what I see. Oh, man, I'm already up on that platform. I go in there when some people not even around. It's late. And I'll go sit in the auditorium. I'll sit in different places and I'll just look. I hear the worship team. Oh, they're powerful. I do. I see the screen in the back. I see the words. I see souls at the altar giving their heart to Jesus. I walk around the lobby. I don't see bare concrete and, and, and unfinished walls. I I, I see people holding coffee and and and, and, and put, going like this to the guy and going, you're kidding me, man. Come on, you got to come to my small group. We need you. Huh? Come on, it's going to be awesome. and, and I, I see community. I see the kids running into their kids' classes. I can see them coming out with the little pieces of paper into the mommy and daddy's arms. I hear them going to the car and talking to the mom and dad's in the car as they're driving off. We got to go back, mommy. We got to go back, daddy. That was incredible. I heard about the guy named Jesus today. Come on. I don't just see a building in rubble. I see, come on, the vision product, the finished product. It's the vision of the Lord. So the benefits of vision real quickly, because I got to get this going here. We, we, benefits of vision real quick, quickly. Number one, vision gives significance to the otherwise meaningless details of your life. There are times when much of what we do doesn't appear to matter much, unless it's part of a bigger picture. Getting up in the morning and running six miles every day seems meaningless, unless you're going to run in the Boston Marathon. Suddenly, you keep running. You realize I got to keep running. I got to keep this. Every, I got to keep up this practice. Why? Because I I got a vision. I'm something bigger down the road. Number two, the benefits of vision. Vision brings energy, and it brings passion, excitement, meaning, direction to your life. Listen, my wife and I, we were up in Boston, and we've lived in Baltimore. We've lived on the East Coast for quite a few years, and, and you're familiar with snow shovels. How many here are familiar with a snow shovel? Come on. How many before you moved to Gulf Shores or Foley or whatever, sold them all? Come on, and you can't find one. You can't, you can't even find an ice scraper for your windshield. Come on. You just sold it all, man. I, I had I I my wife she she was a she was a, a snow shoveling machine. I was out there snow and you know what's just boring. You know you get out there and you're sweating and you got all these clothes on. It's cold but you're sweating and and, you, and you're like, what is the purpose of clearing a sidewalk? It just me has no meaning to me. Just walk on the snow for crying out loud. You know just. <laughs> And then my wife, this last few days, I come home, and she's watching this show called Extreme Rescues. Have you, ever, have you ever come home, and someone's watching something on TV, and you just got sucked into it? I got sucked. I got sucked totally up into this show. And it showed, showed these, these skiers. They were skiing, and there was an avalanche. There were three of them, and, and one of them had gotten snowed under by the avalanche and he's under the snow. They don't know how deep he's under the snow, but he's gone. And they, were, they survived, but their guy is gone. He's somewhere underneath all of the snow. And so they got the stick, they're going like this, through, just trying to see if they could hit him. And they got probes going, where, where, where's our buddy? Where's our buddy? Finally, the beep, 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 beep went off. And he, he, he's down here, he's down here. And they got the shovel and this guy starts shoveling. And I was, I was all up in it. I was like, give me that shovel. I was, I was like, you're too slow, dude, this guy's dying. And that's the difference between a person with vision and a purpose with, person without vision. A person without vision just does stuff, just does stuff. It just does stuff. It's meaningless, it means nothing. I just want to get this day over with. I can't wait to go home and then eventually die. I just can't stand life. I, I just want to die. But the person with vision is like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. We got to get this guy, we got to save this man. You do the same thing as you were before, but now you have passion with it. You don't care if you got like a few hours of sleep. You don't care if you as a worship team, you get up and get up and you set up team, you're here at 6 30 in the morning, like don't even know God's up at 6 30 in the morning. What's going on? But there's something inside you go, I know God's in this. And God's gonna help us. Number number three, vision gives you power to live in the future. It gives you power to live in the future. And number four, vision opens the door of blessing. Someone said the future is always created twice. The first creation happens in your mind as you see it in the future. And the second creation happens when you literally flesh it out. A vision has two creations. You see it here, and then you walk it out and see it here. Hmm. They call it visualization. They actually did an experiment in 1995, and they took random candidates, and they gave them piano exercises with one hand, all five fingers, and they made them go through these different exercises with their hand on this piano. And they put probes on their brain to see what kind of activity was going on. They found there in that certain part of the cortex as they were doing this with their hand, going through the motions, trying to learn this little pattern. that was just firing off all of these little uh, waves in the cortex of their brain. And so then they took the piano away and they just had them sit down, kept them all hooked up and said, now we want you to, in your mind, do this in your mind and go through the pattern that you were just doing on the piano and just kind of see it in your mind. Let's see what happens. And the same waves that they had going on in their brain when they were doing it with a real piano were still firing without a piano. And what they learned was something that the athletes already know. That before something ever comes to pass, you gotta see it in your brain first. You gotta see it in your your, your, your mind first. That's when the Lord says, love me with all your heart, mind, and soul. Part of that mind is being able to see things as he's seeing it. Come on, somebody. And so you're firing off. You're firing off your life. You're living your life as if it's already happened, as, as if it's already accomplished. In Barcelona, in the Olympics in 19, I believe, 1992, a Canadian swimmer by the name of Mark Tewksbury, he, he, he won the 200-meter uh, breaststroke. And he, was, he went to stand on the podium. when they were talking to him afterwards, he goes, well, that's not the first time I've ever stood on that podium to receive my gold medal. He says, actually, I stood on that gold medal stand last night. Before I went to bed, I was standing on that, that pedestal. In fact, he said, before I went to bed, I went from the very entry of, into the building. I went through the whole process of putting my gear on I went into the process of doing my exercises in my mind. I was doing it in my mind. I was doing all the exercises that I needed to do to get ready. I saw myself walking up onto the starting block. I I saw myself like this. I, I saw myself into the water. I saw myself swimming. And I saw myself winning by one finger length. This is exactly what he did. He won by one finger length. And he saw himself walking up onto that gold medal stand and looking down at Mr. Silver and Mr. Bronze (laughs) and listening to the Canadian anthem being raised as the flag was being raised. The winners of the 1983 America's Cup, which is a sailing cup. America's always winning the sailing cup. (laughs) It's a three-year-every-three-year type of thing. And, And so... This Australian sailing team did something different this time. In 1983, before the 83 Sailing Cup, they, the coach three years before made a tape of, that they could listen to, his team, his sailing crew, and he made a tape, and, and it would complete with the sound of water and the boat making its cut through the water, and the the wind hitting the sails, all that background. And he's and he's talking to the crew. We're we're two meters behind. Okay, we're going to take him on this turn. Okay, we're now three meters ahead. We're we're taking we're, we're spread, spreading our lead 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 now. We won. He makes this tape, and they're listening. He said, made his sailing team for three years, Listen to that tape of them winning the sailing and beating the Americans. He made them listen to it twice a day for three years. They listened to it 2,190 times before finally they won the cup three years later and beat the American team. They already saw it. They already knew it. They already, it was already there. So the question is, what is your vision, and what are you seeing? So those of you with little notes on your phone, I want you to pull it out right now. Those of you with, with little pieces of paper and a pen, here's your assignment right here, okay? How come nobody's moving? Come on. <laughs> Y'all like, no, this, is, this isn't grade school. This is real right here. I need, I need you to do something to take a note. I don't write on your hand if you have to, take that pen. Whatever you need to do, here's what you need to write down. You need to have a vision plan in your life. I suggest a five-year vision plan for your life in four specific areas. So write down my five-year vision plan, okay? My five-year vision plan. Number one, what's my vision for my health in five years? If you stay sitting on the couch for five years, That's not a plan. Eating more bags of potato chips is not a plan. What is your plan for your health? I heard the tragic news this past week, broke my heart, one of my favorite preachers. Man, the dude could preach up a storm, but he didn't have a vision plan for his health. He had a vision for everything else. And he's now passed away. I believe you have more years. What's your vision plan for your health? We need you. We need you in five years. We need you in 10 years. We need you around. What's your plan? Sedentary living is not going to work for you. What is your plan? Number two, what's your plan for your finances? Do you want to do you be out of debt? How about this? A small group just about finances, just for you. Doing finances the Christian way. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up, Pastor. We have a small group called Financial Peace. You can sign up on the small group table on your way out. And we will help you get out of debt. There are ways to do it. And you can live without being in debt. What is your plan financially? Number three, what is your plan with your marriage if you're in a marriage, in a relationship? What is that going to look like in five years? There are steps that you need to do to fulfill that. Are you going to take a vacation? You're going to have a date night once a week. What? What are you? What are you going to do to increase your? Maybe have a a marriage vision retreat and take a Friday and Saturday night and just spend time praying, asking the Lord, Father, give us vision for our marriage. It's strange, but most people, most. Usually men that I know who end up in a divorce thought their marriage was fine until it happened. Number four, what is your vision for your spirit? What is, are you going to read a book a month? How about reading the Bible a chapter a day? What, what's, how are you going to feed your spirit? Because your spirit has got to live, and it has to have food. How are you going to feed your spirit? Because, sweetheart, if you don't feed your spirit, we won't see you in this room next year. You just you just can't live on Skittles in the spirit for a year and think you're going to do something phenomenal for Jesus. Is this okay? Y'all, y'all love me, right? I mean, I'm okay. I'm your friend. My name is JP. Now, real quickly, I got I to... I got to do this. I got to do this. I got. I want to give you things that Summit Church is visualizing for 2021. This is our. This is. Can I can I share you share share with you our vision, right? Well, obviously, I've already shared the big the big the big elephant in the room is to be in a building, and our my, our goal. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it like I mean it. Easter 2021. That's my that's my vision. That's my vision. <laughs> I told some of our builders that are working on it, I said, listen, if you don't get this thing done by Easter 2021, I'm gonna put you in the nursery every week until it's done. We'll be in that thing quick, I promise you. We're gonna start streaming our services live once we get in that building. And you'll be able to watch them live. And here I got some good news, and thanks to Eric and his incredible genius mind, we are now recording the services even now, this morning. And so you'll be able to watch this service that we're just in next week. But you're not going to do that because you're going to be here next week. But I, if you wanted to share it with your friends, you could do that. So when we, but we'll be live when we get into the new building. We're going to establish a disaster relief team. If we've learned anything, listen, you don't let a good hurricane go by without learning something. And what I learned in four days after that hurricane was nobody can help the community like the church can. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I mean, we got, you know, great government assistance, but they're, 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 they're way late. And so what we're doing is what we're already doing. Chad Harris, is this is a real um, big vision he has, and we're just kind of buying into it. And, and so he's already got several, not just one, several restaurants that have food trucks, food trailers, who have already said to him, if there is ever a disaster and you need our trailer, we will give it to you no cost. Take it wherever you want, and we were, we are were going to roll into town. Come on, we're going to roll into that devastated area because we have compassion for those kind of people, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna start cooking meals, put them in in in, uh, in the whatever they call them the to-go boxes, and we're gonna go door to door to door to door and saying, "Here's some food. How much do you need?" Is there anything we can pray with you about? And we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. So we're going to do that. So we already got the trailers. We already got the trailers. We're going, to take, we're going to take our trailer that we have because we're not going to need it that much anymore because we're going to have our own building. And we're going to repurpose it and make it a disaster relief trailer. It's going to be filled with tarps and chainsaws and gloves and helmets and everything you can imagine. We're going to roll into town with a food trailer and we're going to roll into with a disaster relief truck and we're going to get out like, you know, like the bad dude dudes and start chainsawing away and bringing relief and and here's what you can be praying for. We're praying for and believing for a a refrigerated box truck. Because if we're gonna feed all these meals, you have to have food that's refrigerated to keep cooking so you just don't do a one and done thing. So we, we need a refrigerated box truck. So when you ask God, God, what do you want? God's gonna tell you, we pray for a box truck, okay? So, and, 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 and how, well, how much? Free, 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 we want it free. We're gonna add a kids camp hopefully this summer to our church camp. So we have a high school church camp we got middle school, and we're going to add a kids camp for our kids. That's the goal. We're going to have our first ever marriage retreat that you heard about this morning, Friday night and Saturday, coming up in a couple weeks. You don't want to miss that. We got room for ten couples. You can't go on any kind of retreat for 125 bucks. You can sign up on our website. You can sign up online as well. And here's something I really am excited about this that we're going to we're going to show you is we have now. We have now, sweetheart, uh, anyway, on your phone, on your phone, listen, on your phone, we now have, this week, we're rolling it out, <clears throat> this is the first Sunday, we're rolling out, we have our own Summit Church app, our app, our own app, yeah, we got our own app, Caleb and Eric's been doing a great job, and rolling. It. so we got our own app, now, now uh, what, this little card here is for you to, to go outside and to download that app. Because you can't do it in here. As you know, there's no internet service. So, so once you step out that door, we're going to have some of our welcome team there. And some of you may I, like, I'm literally challenged when it comes to these guys so that we're going to help you download this app. And so you're going to have this app on your phone. And so you just open your phone and you go to Summit Church and you'll be able to listen to all the messages. You'll be able to co- connect You sign up for things. You can sign up for the marriage retreat. You can sign up for all the small groups. You'll have all the directory of all the small groups. It's like your walking website on your phone. You, you want this. This is what you want. You want to have this. So this is a card. You need to take this with you and you can download it as soon as you get outside. You can give on this app. You can you can give to the building fund. You can give. In fact, we encourage you to go to this app and 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 move to this new way of giving. And, and do, I encourage you to do reoccurring giving. That way, you never forget uh, your tithes and your offerings. Would be a great way. So we're we're introducing the video. Oh, this is really cool. We launched this actually today. Today, actually, right now, in about in about thirty five minutes, we started our own campus outreach. What is that? I don't know. I just made it up, but. <laughs> But we have a couple in our church. They own a RV park, Pirates Cove. In fact, is the name of it. is It's an RV park. It's not. It's not Pirates Cove as you think. You know, the bar and grill. you know, over there, on the water. That's. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's its own RV park. It's got a hundred sites. They're building another. They'll have another hundred next year. So it'll be a two hundred site RV park. They're all filled up. and They just finished a um, like a big little conference, a little conference area, like a little, like a clubhouse. Thank you. And and so we were, I was over there talking, him. he goes, wouldn't this be a great place for a church? I said, I well, took the words right out of my mouth. And so this morning, um, we, David Davis is, is uh, setting up right now the keyboard, and at 11 o'clock, he's going to play worship. Don Bonner is going to preach, and we're going to have our own church at the RV park for all those people that are down here with no place to go. Yeah. That's pretty cool, huh? Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Yeah, so we're just going to rotate guys in and out of that and everything. It'll be a lot of fun and give some of our guys chances to minister the Word and things and, and give them a chance to see what um, what uh, a neat church really looks like there at the RV park. We're going to be, uh, when we get into the new church building, we already have plans to have a special needs uh, daycare. There's not one in this complete area. And so there's a need for that. And so Dennis and Sarah Ross are going to head that up, and we're going to have our own Monday through Friday a daycare for those that have special needs in our new church. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Big Fish is, uh, we're, we're talking, and we believe there's a good chance that by the end of the year, we're hoping that we will have another Big Fish in another location over in Louisiana that we're looking at and so we're going to like we're just going to kind of multiply the whole Big Fish ministry into other areas we have a pastor we've been talking to he's excited about it he's looking forward to working with us so that's exciting we're going to hopefully have an Aaronville outreach, a basketball Friday night basketball outreach at Aaronville Deer and Foley Uh, by the end of this year. That's our goal. We're in conversations with those that run in it right now. And there's other things. Uh, I I don't have time to talk about these, but these are things down the road. Past 2021, we're looking at a dream center where all the churches come together and meet the needs of the community. We're looking at a foster care home for troubled teens and young people. We're looking at doing concerts in our new facility and, and, and bringing in name name big name people that people recognize and just having nights of worship and concerts at the new the new facility so there's a lot of things that that we have uh just for this year that's just this year Uh, but 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 how many know without a vision people perish and we're not going to (laughs) perish we're we're not going to perish come on let's all stand to our feet can we do that let's all stand to our feet this morning now, now, you say, "Well, pastor, how in the world, you, how, how in the world are we going to do all that?" Well, there's another piece of paper on your chair. Come on, now, I just set you all up. You didn't even know it. I set you up. I did. I want you to look at this. This is called a serve team piece of paper. Now, now, we we, we don't need a whole lot at this moment because we're we're so temporary. We need stuff, but 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 when we get that new building, there is all sorts of things that we need. And here's just a few of the, of, the, of, the, of the needs that we have. And so we need you. Well, y'all don't need me. Y'all got it all covered. Yeah, well, that's not true. Because we don't want to wear nobody out. We don't want, we, we, we want to share the load. So we do need you. And there's areas here that you could sign up for and be a part of the, of the, of the 2021 Summit Church new facility. And so I want you to fill that out. I want you to just, you know, put that into the giving box on your way out and say, hey, man, I'm, you know, let us know. We're here, and we'll get in touch with you and when, when the right time comes, and we'll get you all lined out, and we'll we'll work together, because it takes us all working together. Come on, somebody. It takes us all working together. We all gotta work together. Well, Patrick, you about ready to come up here? Heavenly, let me pray with that Can we just pray together? Can we just do that? Can we all just pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day, and we thank you for vision. There may be people here this morning that that they are without vision. And the, the mountain in their life is really huge. And we're going to have prayer teams here, and, and we're just going to call them up right now. And we just want you to know, if that's you this morning, we just want you to come up front and let us pray with you. We want to we actually lead you to Jesus today. We want to lead you to Jesus. And Father, for the rest of us here this morning, we, we, we're just here, and we're just saying, Lord, use me. Whatever that looks like. However however you can use my hands, my feet, my mouth, I'm here. Thank you for vision, Lord. Thank you for giving us opportunities to look into the future as though it really is and to watch your spirit move because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit that it happens. We praise you and give you all the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give Jesus one more hand of praise? Amen, church. Come on, Patrick. Amen. How many know that the best days are ahead of us and not behind us? Amen. God's doing many amazing things in our church. And so, hey, before you go, before you go, just want to remind you of two things very quickly. First of all, our prayer teams are going to be here. and We're going to stay and play some music. We'd love to pray with you if you'd like. We can stay as long as we want to. With all this vision, we need prayer. Amen and that God can bring it about. Secondly, don't forget about our app. I've been playing with it this morning. It's so fun to just play with it on our phone. So if you need any help with that, take that card to our team up there at the front. We can walk outside and help you download that on your phone. But before we go, we're going to say the blessing together. Do we have that? Let's say this with me. Say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. We love you, church. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.